0: Good morning. Very happy you tuned in this morning. Just sitting on this beautiful morning in our station here in Lorain, Ohio. This is 89.1 FM radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy to be in the station today with owner and our engineer, Mark Ballard. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, John. How are you? Very good. And my good friend and assistant, David Abood.
1: Good to be here, John.
0: Good yeah. to have you, Mark. Uh, thank you. Beautiful. Uh, early autumn or late summer day. I don't know how you would describe yeah, it. it's
1: beautiful out there. Describe it. Yeah.
0: And we're going to talk later. There's a big event today at the Crusher Stadium in Lorain, Ohio. And uh, David, you're going to give us some update on that later. I want everybody sure. uh, to hear about that. Very, very interesting. Uh, what's going on with that free event, which is is interesting. So we picked up a little bit, I think about a month or two ago, David, on this very important issue of why church. Mm -hmm. But it really kind of crystallized what the burning of Notre Dame uh, Cathedral in Paris, France. And that was the start of Holy Week. Interestingly enough, with that that, uh, famous, iconic Christian structure, perhaps as famous as or or close to the St. Peter's Basilica, Right, But the, it just went up in flames. I mean, it wasn't totally destroyed, but it caught the world's attention. It was extremely mm-hmm. tragic, of course, because that structure is iconic. Uh, and it happened April nineteenth, two 2019 of this year. And the destruction, the artwork, the relics, you know, yeah. amazing. It was tragic. But also some people felt it was a metaphor for the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is going on with the church in France or in yeah. Europe? Uh, Western Europe, in particular, and was it somehow indicative of not just the physical structure uh, going up in flames and being destroyed, but the actual church, church, the community of faithful, the Christians in Europe, is is it kind of a uh, kind of a symbol of what has happened to that church, particularly in the last fifty years? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, post World War II. We're going to look a little at that this morning, and why church is so important. And, you know jesus never said go build buildings you know he said go make disciples now buildings aren't bad i mean we have to have a roof over our head when we come together although most all of the early church references in the new testament they're meeting in homes but a building okay is important Mm -hmm. but the emphasis jesus put on was community yeah you know in making disciples within the structure and he's the one that gave us the church so david if you want to just talk a little set the scene about What has happened in Europe or what was going on in France? What is happening in France with the demise of the church? And when I say church, I mean the community of Christian believers that come together, not going to church, but more or less being a church that we'll talk about this morning.
1: Right, well, John, you know, if we take a look at some Mm. of the stats, most Western Europeans continue to identify as Christians, though few regularly are attending church. Uh, If we take a look at some of the numbers um, from uh, the Pew Research Center, 91% You'll 91% have been baptized 81% have been raised Christian This is in France? Uh, this is Western Europe okay. as a whole, and then I'll get to France okay. And then currently Christians, 71% And 22% attend services monthly or more Now, if you break down the countries If you look at France Church attending Christians, <coughs> only 18%
0: Less than one-fifth Right,
1: non-practicing Christians, 46% religiously affiliated 28 percent but if you take a look at that's that's under 20 percent of the folks so even place. though they
0: may profess that they're christian in actuality yes uh, one of the signs of a mm-hmm. christian of course is your assembling together with other fellow believers right we're going to talk about that to share the lord's supper and for baptism mm-hmm. and to worship god so they may profess or write down on a survey yes i declare myself a christian but in actuality when it comes to Church attendance church. or membership, <clears throat> you're yeah. saying it's less than one-fifth, less than 20%. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. Okay,
0: it. so, you know, that 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 goes to the whole idea of, of why church uh, uh, why church at all. Because, we're, mm-hmm. again, you're going to quote some statistics later about America and what's right. going on, the demise of uh, church churches in America, church membership in America. So we come to this big issue of why church. Well, first of all and foremost why church is because jesus said i will build my church it's his church Mm -hmm. he says i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it which suggests the church will be victorious and then that's in matthew chapter 16 in matthew 18 he even talks about church again when he talks about discipline if you have something against your brother go to him privately if he will not listen take two or three other believers with you and then he says, if they still won't listen, no repentance, Take tell it to the whole church. In other mm-hmm. words, deal with this disciplinary. We'll look at that in a second. But the idea that Jesus is mentioning church, church is mentioned 111 times in the New Testament, yeah. 111 <clears throat> times. Yeah. All of Nearly all of your epistles, mm-hmm. to Galatia, to Corinthians, to the Ephesians, to Philippians, are written to churches, mm-hmm. local churches. Uh, the letters in the... The book of Revelation, the Jesus is addressing seven local churches in Asia Minor, yeah. which today we would call Turkey. But what I'm getting at, the importance of the local church, and then nearly all the pastoral letters, what we call that Paul writes to Philemon, to Timothy, uh-huh. to Titus, these are elders or pastors, teaching pastors of the local church. So there's no getting around it. The, 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 all through the New Testament, we see this idea of the local church. Mm -hmm. now we'll look at this now so what is the church well a working definition of the church is simply a committed community of christians who meet together on a regular basis under pastoral care authority and teaching to pray to worship fellowship celebrate the lord's supper and baptism that each member may be discipled and then go out to share christ with the world through word and deed that's yeah. your really, a, now you could add stuff to that, no doubt. Oh, yeah. But that's kind of your work definition. You don't go to church, you are the church. Mm-hmm. And and if you study the New Testament, you see how they were regularly meeting together. Well, let's turn to Acts chapter 2 sure. and just get an idea. This was some call it the birthday of the church. This is Pentecost, uh, right, uh, right after the great 3,000 came to faith at Pentecost. And we see the idea being, well, how did they develop and what did they do? The idea being, Jesus says, I will build my church, but he gave us the blueprint, and you see the blueprint being worked out in the book of Acts, what we call Acts of the Apostles. So look at Acts chapter 2. Got it, yeah. And verse 42, it said, And they, these are the Christians, Mm -hmm. continued steadfastly. In other words, it's a regular thing, it wasn't one off. In the Apostles' doctrine, that's the teaching, the scriptures, the written scriptures had not been given yet, they were being assembled fellowship, that's important, breaking of bread, Mm -hmm. and prayers. You notice, then fear came upon every soul. Now, all that believed were together, they again had all things in common, so they share and meet the needs of those that don't have. They divided among them anyone who had a need, so they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, ate their food with gladness, praising God, having favor with people, and the Lord added to the church. Yes. So you see fellowship, meeting one another's needs, worshiping God, mm-hmm. praying together, adding new members right from the get-go. So yeah. there's the blueprint yes. being worked out. Jesus right. is the master architect. Yeah. But we are co-laborers. And right from the beginning, we cannot say Christianity is a do-it-yourself Mm-mm. philosophy or religion. No it's, no, it's all about community.
1: That's right. Yeah, and you know, I, I think the other thing that I like, John, is when you look at John 15, 8 where Jesus speaks about the vine and the branches, this really ties into this verse, too. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that, that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bears fruit he prunes so that it'll even be more fruitful. thrown into the fire and burned if you remain in me and my words remain in you ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples you're not going to get there unless you're connected to the church and that's why you know I, I like this scripture verse too because that ties into what you were just reading in my mind
0: Yeah, I mean, you brought up the idea of we're we're in a vine. Yeah. But when you look at the metaphors that are used to describe the church in the New Testament, you got such things as um, a body, Mm -hmm. uh, a flock, like a a, like a flock of sheep, a temple where each one of us are a living stone, Mm -hmm. a family where it's always corporate. It's not individual. It's corporate, and the thing of the body. Paul talks about different members, you know, one might be the the eye, one might be Mm -hmm. the mouth, one might be the foot. They're all very important, and you're hurting. But if you cut off your hand from the body, you're you're cutting it off, you know, from the blood supply, the nervous system. You're you're detaching it, in a sense, from the the headquarters or the head, which is Christ, the the head of the church. And it's useless. Every every single part of that body is necessary. The big toe is as necessary as the eyes. The eyes are as necessary as the as the nose or the or the hand. And that's why we we have to be in a collective community. Yes, absolutely. And why yeah. believers amputate themselves mm-hmm. is beyond me. Why yeah. would they separate themselves? Mm-hmm. And it will even say in Ephesians chapter four, it says uh, the apostles speaking here says when Jesus ascended to heaven. And he gave he gave this is like a gift to, to believers yeah some apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers so right. these are gifts God gives to the church teachers mm-hmm. pastors not you know for what the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ so yeah. here we see number one this is a gift people don't realize a pastor is a gift. A good teacher is a gift to the church. Mm -hmm. You see, it edifies, it builds up people. For our benefit, that we can then go do what God has called each one of us to do, regardless of our age, our profession, our career. I don't care if you're 10 years old or uh, 90 years old, we're being equipped when we're part of that church community. And we see it right here. Why would, if somebody's gonna give you a gift, Mm -hmm. why would you refuse it?
1: Exactly. And John, we were chatting about this in the car. um, And when you take a look at the church, what is it made of? It's not the roof or the timbers or the floor. It's the members. Exactly right. And so that, that that's really how this all works with the Holy Spirit. You get gifts regardless of what building you're in. It's with the people you're with. And uh, you know, and, and I think that's really the take home message. You know, for me years ago, we were both server boys. You went to Cathedral Latin, I went to Ignatius, and we were, just, we were talking about the fact that we, we really didn't know the Bible at all. We just showed up, did our thing, and left. Uh, you know, Back then, I was just interested in watching the clock and getting out within an hour. You know, And so I just did my duty once a week because I was a good Roman Catholic. But now I actually look forward to going to church and to interacting with the members because by doing that, you get their gifts. Mm-hmm. You get the gifts that the Holy Spirit's bringing them, and that is real and true you can see it in your life especially when you start to do it like that
0: yeah exactly and it's coming together paul says this in uh first corinthians chapter 16 verse 1 he says now concerning the collection of the saints as i have given orders to the churches of galatia so he's addressing local churches in this region of galatia yeah uh you must also do This is instructions on the first day of the week let each one of you lay something aside storing up as he may prosper mm-hmm. and there be no collection when i come and when i come in other words he's taken a collection to jerusalem where they are experiencing some famine but it's to a local church he says when you come together first day of the week first day of the week is sunday mm-hmm. so we see a whole new program being initiated and it's got regulations it's got order it's got protocol we'll see that in a minute that's why i asked the group once uh, there was a Bible study group. I said, "Is this church?" And I was surprised how many people said, "Yeah, this is church." I go, "No, it's not." I said, "For one thing, we don't have a pastor. For one other thing, we don't take the Lord's Supper here. We don't have baptism here. Yeah. Another thing here is I, there's nobody in authority that could that could issue discipline if somebody's you know, living an immoral life or something. Mm-hmm. There's no. It's a very good thing to have that Bible study or that yeah. group that meets, but it's not a church. Yes, a church is, has specific structure to it that God yeah. gave to us you know it's not now become a bunch of people are meeting in the home over here they're having a Bible study every week yeah. that's very good but that's not church does that make sense yes it does yeah, because it, yeah. it's not set up as a church
1: right so you know um the, the other thing too John is you know you mentioned the uh, verse uh Matthew 1618 Jesus said that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it when you know and then you look at 1 Peter 5, 8, where it says, be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There is safety when you go to the community of the church. You know, there is safety when you go to the community of the church. It is very important. This is a real thing. And so when you go outside uh, of that shelter, you know, you're exposing yourself. You're exposing yourself to the supernatural and to things that can happen. That's the other reason you need it. It's very akin to when a shepherd... Is is hurting his flocks? You know, back in the old days, they would sleep in front of the gate yeah. for the sheepfold, so that they wouldn't leave because they weren't the brightest, you know, animals in the world. And they also did it for safety. So once he locked them in, he slept outside the gate. And so, as as you talked about, you need the pastor, you need the community of the church for similar protection like that.
0: Yeah, and just like in Matthew 18, where Jesus says, if somebody's unrepentant and they don't come under correction put them out let them be viewed as a pagan or a yes, tax collector yeah. you're put your ex community you're sending them out of community it's like it's like when the prodigal leaves his father's house under that roof yeah. he was exposed to the hardships of the world yeah. remember he ends up yes. feeding pigs in right. the die. the worst thing a teenager could do or a child could do is yeah. run away from home mm-hmm. he r- runs away from the protective covering of the family the father the mother and what you hope is that it's so hard out there on the streets that it'll drive him back home. Yeah, Let me show you how this works. Yeah. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And here's how they deal with discipline in a local church. Look at verse 1 and 2. Go
1: ahead. You pull okay. up my internet. It works. is actually
0: yeah. reported that there is sexual immorality among you. Such sexual immorality okay. is not even named among the Gentiles. A man has his father's wife. So he's his stepmother, whatever. They're living in an immoral situation. Uh-huh. He says, this should not be done among you. He says, now, in verse 4, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together, that's the localist church, the assembly, along with my spirit, with the power of the... Deliver such a one, verse 5, to Satan, for the destruction of the flesh, the spirit may be saved. In other words, put him out, let him be exposed, what you were talking about, David. Yes. And then he says, um, verse 7, therefore, purge out the old leaven. That you may be a new lamb, since you are truly unleavened. In other words, sin. Therefore, let us not keep the feast not with the old leaven. So he's basically saying, put him out. But notice he says, let him be yeah. exposed to Satan. Yeah. That's very powerful. Yes. Now the the you do that, you want to restore the person mm-hmm. and bring him back. So when you look at Second Corinthians, his second letter to this church, now he says this man has suffered enough. And when you look at Second Corinthians. Um, chapter two, uh-huh. he will say, uh, verse okay. five. Yeah. Um, look at verse uh, verse. Well, do it with verse eight. He's kind okay. of bringing him back. He's saying, All right. let's restore him.
1: Forgiveness for the offender. Uh, I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Another reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven. If there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us. Do you see that? For we are not unaware of his schemes. Yeah. So now he's
0: saying bring him back in. Right. He, before he said send him out, he's yeah. not repentant. Let <laughs> Satan agitate him. And and, and, yes. and and But now he's saying, okay, bro, let's bring him back in. He's repentant.
1: Yeah, Jan. So, you know, I remember when I heard this stuff for the first time. You you were feeding into me, and I thought, you know, I go, yeah, I go, yeah, okay, Jan. But I really wasn't absorbing this kind of information. So, I mean, what advice can you give, or or how can we make this more real so that people really understand what the Bible's saying here is true? I mean, this stuff is really true and accurate, even today. Yeah, it's more so today than you know.
0: What that's a good question, David. Yeah. What it is is. There's a very interesting verse in in uh, John uh, Mark chapter six where it says Jesus looked on the multitudes and he felt for them, had compassion mm-hmm. because they were sheep without a shepherd. Right, they're just all over the place. And then the next verse says, and he began to teach them many things. I think a lot of reasons people don't understand this stuff is they've not been taught. Yes, they just don't understand, like you said, these basic principles. But yes. if you look, for example, um, in Ephesians. Uh, chapter three, about this whole thing with the supernatural and and spiritual powers. Yeah, Ephesians uh, chapter three. Uh, and look, just read verse uh, ten.
1: Okay, Ephesians chapter three, uh, verse ten. So his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. You see what he's saying here Yeah.
0: He's saying the church, the local church, is being observed. That's the same language you use in spiritual yes, warfare. Yeah. Powers, principalities mm-hmm. are observing mm-hmm. what's going on in the local church. Right. So again, if, if the local church puts somebody out, that's telling these these spiritual authorities, the demonic, and all, hey, look, you know, yeah. we can get at them. It's like you're an analogy of the sheep. Yes. They separated themselves. Mm-hmm. When we lived in Thailand, we used to look out our front door because. The shepherd boys would come by, and they, they had sheep, but a lot of it was goats. Little, they were going down the lane, and they were taking to the pasture. And they're taking them out of the town, but you'd watch, and you'd see yeah. some strays. Yeah, they, they were like there was like one or two main shepherds, and they had like shepherd boys. And, yeah, and you would see these dogs, wild yeah. dogs, like circling, and they were waiting until they these little weaker ones got farther and farther away from the main flock as it went down the road. Then they would close the circle and attack it. But always, yes. when we looked out, you see these little shepherd boys coming. They had these slingshots. Yes. They'd shoot these stones and hit the dog. You know, they'd run away. Yeah. But see, they were detached from the flock. That's like a believer detaching himself from the flock yes. and being exposed to the dangers. According to Scripture, is actually demonic uh, influence. And that's why we'll get into it in a minute. Most all your cults start with somebody, usually a man, that leaves He's disenchanted with churches, he left the church, whether this is Mormonist or Jehovah Witness, David Koresh, yes. uh, Waco with Jim Jones, they were all part of a church at one time, mm-hmm. but they left it, yeah. and they were wide open to error and destruction and Absolutely. all this other stuff.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, I, I, the other thing is the Holy Spirit works w- with all the members for different things, and also, you know, you and I pray together, you, you pray with our family, we pray with Mark, we pray with Wanda, I never valued the importance of that until I saw the power of it in my own life. Right. So there, there, are, there are things where you see walls breaking down and you are able to get through that with supernatural power. And you sit back and say, well, all we did is pray. But when you say all we did is pray, that, that, that is actually not the right way to approach it. Prayer is one of the most powerful things you can do, especially when you do it in a group setting yeah, yeah I mean, that's yeah. a good and point and you've seen it especially as a missionary we were just talking about your friend Raymond in Thailand that started with you know open fields and now he's got you know this incredible facility to take in kids that were in the sex trade and everything else in Thailand now the government's looking to support him and bring like 1500 kids in it's the power of prayer you know, Yeah, yeah. And, and, because and that's what you need the church environment you for you need that
0: because yeah. because why? We often get weak in our faith. We need each other. We need that strength. You know, you, you've been in your own testimony, David, when yes. you met plenty that day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this is why church is so important. We're not in this thing alone. Right. And we're going to talk about in, a, in a minute or two here is why don't people, why I'm talking to Christians only. Why don't Christians belong to and be a part of a church community? Being yeah. committed. And there's many reasons, but I mean, none of them are good reasons, (laughs) because you can have 10 reasons to be out of church, but I'll give you one good reason to be in church, and that's because you're going to obey Jesus Christ. Yes. And he's given us the church. Yeah. You know, people might say, I don't like the sermon. I don't Mm -hmm. like the type of worship music. I don't like the color of the carpet. I don't, the coffee they serve after church. I don't care. The reasons, I'm not saying they're not good reasons, but they, they don't trump the biggest reason, which is to obey and do that which is pleasing in God's sight.
1: You, you know, John, uh, 15 years ago, uh, 10 years ago, I would rather be sitting home Sunday morning sipping my coffee and, you know, I was out late Saturday night or whatever it was, but that to me was relaxing. And I would always tell myself, well, Sunday I have off. I'm just going to chill out. It was a long week. But th- that, that is really the wrong way to look at it because I can assure you when you start forcing yourself to go the first few times, And don't just sit back, get involved with the church, start to get to know the members, because that's how you're going to grow. Just look at the growth that has happened with us. I mean, even in my own life, it's been absolutely incredible with with your mentorship. And so I feel very blessed and honored. But there's other ways that you can get mentored in church if you don't have a John Murtha. You can go to your elders, you can even go to the other groups, get into a Bible study. But you got to go. And when you go, you will see incredible things happen in your life. And you know, Jesus didn't do this uh, to give us something else to do. Yeah, right. He knew it was a gift because what we're talking to you about is the safety of the community. You're also growing as a community. You're getting you're getting God's favor and protection around your family and yourself. And then you're going to start to see your life grow exponentially in all ways. You know, always. You, you know, uh, whether it's with your family relationships. Uh, Your kids, you know, you can leave this as a legacy to give them the word early on I've seen it in our life and and I've seen what's happened with our kids my son my daughter, you know um, But you know, it's just it's just amazing that the difference.
0: Yeah, I agree David totally and the benefits of a church I mean, we just saw it in Acts chapter 2, but you touched on number one It's a place we come together. You, You don't go to church. We are the church and we in, think of it this way, upward, inward, outward. And What I mean by that, we come first and foremost together to worship God together. Mm-hmm. We look upward, we pray together, we worship God, we thank God, collectively. Inward, we disciple each other. We, yeah. we strengthen one another in the faith. We share needs. I, I've been part of churches around the world, you know, in third world countries. They all, nearly every church has a benevolent fund mm-hmm. where they're gonna try to help somebody yeah. that's hurting. Yeah. Or you make connections, you build friendships there. You share the Lord's Supper there. You don't do that on your own. You do that in community exactly. in the church. Yeah. Baptism. You celebrate baptisms. People come to faith. You, you have a prayer. That's inward. You're discipling. And then outward, you go out and you touch your community mm-hmm. through sharing the good word, through works of mercy, feeding the hungry, prison visitation, visit the sick. All of those things happen because you're coming together. Yeah. And you're sending the gospel to the ends of the earth. Hey, you can't yeah. do that on your own. But when you put... Yeah. Let's look at this. Let's yeah. look at Acts chapter 13 for a moment. Acts chapter 13 for just one moment. And verse 1. It says, mm-hmm. Now in the church. There it is. Yeah. This is a specific local church in Antioch. The church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. There's the giftings, right? Barnabas, Simeon, who was a Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen." Who have been brought up with herod the tetrarch and saul so right away you see a local church they have different giftings teachers and that but notice they have a variety of people and backgrounds one of them is even working in herod's palace this guy you know government so one thing church causes us to do is mix with other people yes different age groups different backgrounds Mm -hmm. different ethnicities different races that's really healthy in the world that we live in today Mm -hmm. to, to, to come together like that uh, then it says they ministered to the Lord. The Holy Spirit says, separate to me, Paul and Barnabas. for the." You can hear God speaking when you're in community. You mm-hmm. don't get off, you know. And now he says, go and send them. It says they fasted and prayed, and they sent them on a missionary journey. Yeah. You see, so they were able to grow. One of the things of growth is multiplication or reproduction. Right. So you see, how do you... How do you send out missionaries? How do you touch the world, which is our command to do, Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations, if you're not in a community? Yeah. This is a perfect working model. And then Paul goes out, this whole 13, chapter 14, and when you come to, uh, they they, they don't go out just preaching and healing the sick. They go out to plant churches, right? Yes. And it says in chapter 14, look at verse 21 and 22.
1: 21 and 22, the return of Antioch in Syria. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord. In whom they had put their trust.
0: Do you see what's happened yeah. here? Uh-huh. They planted churches. Yes. doesn't say they just went on a, you know, just mm-hmm. preaching the gospel. They planted churches. They identified and established elders. They prayed for them. Notice they prayed and fasted. That's how this missionary thing began back in chapter 13, verse 3. And then they come back, and they it'll actually, actually say in verse 26, from there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended or sent out from mm-hmm. uh, for the work. And when they had come together with the church, they reported all that God had done with them. Yes. You see that yes. cycle? Yeah. But it's about churches. They it were is. sent by a church. Mm-hmm. They, they developed churches. Mm-hmm. They established pastors. They came back and they reported to the church. Look what God's doing. Yeah. You guys are here in, let's say, in uh, mm-hmm. Lorraine, Ohio. But what your money has accomplished here in prayers, we were able to send uh, somebody... Uh, to the congo Mm -hmm. or to vietnam and now there's three churches there because of what you did here yeah that's powerful oh yeah and to lose that synergy that what i call that coming together and doing what we can't do on our own it's here's the thing god really has instituted two primary social institutions one is the family Mm -hmm. and number two is the church family yeah. and church society at large and the world mm-hmm. that's a different story yeah. but he's given specific instructions now it takes a family in an ideal world it takes a family to raise a child to adulthood and it takes a church to raise a convert to a disciple yes you have to yes ideally, that was important
1: john you, you know you even said to me i mean you know uh, how blessed i am to have you but You told me you have to get involved with your church, you know, and I was staying on the outside peripheral because I was a lone wolf. You know, I I always, you know, I just prefer to do things on my own, and, uh, but once I got in, now, over the past two years, what has happened? We co-founded the men's group ministry. Instead of sitting back leaving, we now have a couple hundred guys. We have over a hundred guys at these breakfasts. There's so many guys that you see coming up, interacting with you. You're feeding into them; they're feeding into you. It is a powerful experience, but it's driven by the Holy Spirit. You know, there's no way that's the kind of stuff just happened. And then you see the offshoots of, of the value of interacting with these men, like like the event tonight. All the you know, a lot of the guys in the ministry, a lot of them are going tonight to the event at Crusher Stadium. Uh, and it's basically focused on addictions and how we break free and that's why Nico Hill's going to be right. talking there there's Governor DeWine and we'll get that information to everybody later but it's just powerful and Nico will even tell you that his life was almost over he almost killed himself but then he heard the voice he heard the Holy Spirit bring him back now he doesn't touch any booze he doesn't touch any nicotine his whole life is clean as And th- that is transformational what churches do and when you take a look back at the power of the holy spirit what you can see in a church is when you look at the disciples they were cowards they were running scared right. then christ died and rose and the holy spirit transformed them to plant the churches the same kind of energy can happen when you participate fully with your church
0: yeah i agree it totally that 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 is the model or the template you know it's very interesting uh jesus says uh, he says the children of this age are actually Wiser than the children of the kingdom, meaning how they operate, the unbelievers. Yeah. But if you notice how franchises start, yeah. You know whether it's McDonald's right. or Subway or uh, you know, yeah. They start with a, a one unit, a model, a template, and they learn how to reproduce it. And they, when I go to Bangkok, I mean, there's Starbucks over there, there's 7-Eleven stores. Why? Because they worked out a model or a template that's reproducible. Well, who gave us the greatest franchise ever? Yeah. <laughs> it was the church yeah. model. There it is. Because it can be reproduced. And to not do that and not understand how powerful that, that, that what God has given, what Jesus has given to us, you, you change the world. You yes. literally can flip the world. He didn't say, I'm going to change the world with the United Nations mm-hmm. or NATO or, um, you know, Feed the Hungry or Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's the church. It's the yeah. church that will flip it, that will transform the world. And like you say, when you joined the church and then you got involved in developing a men's ministry, well now it's hundreds, you know, hundred and fifty men or more doing all this different kind of ministry and outreaches, real practical stuff, helping poor people, but also lives are transformed, like these people yeah. that have broken bondages of alcohol and pornography that came about because in the church community you guys mm-hmm. identify what it is is one of the benefits of churches. You can identify gifting. See yes. this church in Antioch. Yeah. I, you couldn't do that on your own. You know, they said, "Oh, Paul and Barnabas; these would be the good missionaries." Well, a church helps identify. Yes. You know, you got It's like being on a team. Wow, that guy could be a really good right. running back, or that guy mm-hmm. could be a wide receiver. Well, you have to be in community to know that. You know what yeah. I'm yeah. So you can't be out on your own. Right. They, so it's that idea of gifts are displayed and identified. And you can then get behind them with necessary prayer finances and that's the thing when a church is really operating yeah. it can give birth to ministries yeah that can change change a city yeah it can know.
1: replicate it, it, can it really make. starts to work like a well-oiled machine and just to give you an example even inside the men's ministry people are called to lead We also have people that we have doing the the lead for the service projects. The guy that brings the pizza, the breakfast pizza, every morning at 6.30 for these breakfasts, we need him as much as we need the head of the service project guy. He's committed to doing that, we can rely on him, and he's feeding close to 80 to 100 people on those days. That guy's just as important as I am, uh, is one of the leaders, is Admiral Parks, who's our other co-founder you, John, they're just as important. So when you start to think about your gifts, that's the whole idea that that we're trying to convey with the church being one body. Your hand needs your, you know, your foot, you know, to move it forward so it can grab something, right? Depending on where it is, you need your eyes so you can see where to grab it. Exactly you know? right. So that's how it all works together. I really do like that that model Paul gave. So the sad part is. You know, we were talking about you know how Western Europe really has low attendance rates, but we can look at the U.S. too. If you want to just take a look at that, um, in 1938, adults that attended uh, church in the U.S. was at 73%. Wow. In 2019, it's approximately 50%. So it
0: goes from 70%.
1: Yeah, 73%. To fifty percent now. That's twenty three percent drop.
0: So we, it was at three quarters. Yes. Now it's fifty percent. Yeah, that's adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Now, if you take a look at the millennials, uh, and those are the those are the folks born from nineteen eighty to two thousand, uh, only twenty nine percent twenty nine percent say uh, they have no religion. Uh, 68% say they have religion, but they're really not attending church. Generation X is 1965 to 1979 birth. Uh, 18% uh, no religion. 79% say they have a religion. And then you go to the traditionalists born 1945 or earlier, so the elderly, 89% are with religion. So you see, as you get older, you know, that there's a stronger attraction to God, and that is the wrong way to look at it. I feel so blessed that the younger generation that we see at our church, like my son and you know my daughter, they know they're starting to get to know the Lord. Right. I never had that gift. And so I think, I think the challenge is you think you're going to deal with learning more about the Bible and going to church when you're in your 70s and elders because you got all the time in the world. That's not true. You don't know how much time you have in the world. That's why it's so important to start as soon as you can. Yeah, right. And, and, and I hope these numbers will transfer where you start to see the millennials and the Generation X really start to pick it up. It's so important now, John.
0: Yeah, and again, a lot of it is uh, lack of good teaching. They don't yes. understand, the, the. you know. Yeah. Here's some of the reasons given. Uh, 71% in this one survey said, why, why aren't you no longer an active member of your church? They say I just gradually di- drifted away from religion. Mm-hmm. Just gradually drifted away, like a little. Uh, another says I just stopped believing in the fundamental teaching of my faith. Others said, forty uh, percent uh, said, spiritual needs are not being met. Another large segment says, well, I was hurt by church growing up. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: every <laughs> everybody's hurt. Right. We we're not only hurt, but we hurt people too. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have offended people. If you study the New Testament, there was a lot of stuff going on there. At one point, the Greek widows were not getting the right distribution of the bread for the needy, and they had to remedy that. Another time, Paul confronted Peter openly because he was separating himself and just eating with uh, Jewish believers and not the the Gentile believers. So don't think when people, I know it's difficult, but because you were hurt once, doesn't mean there's not benefit to that it just means you had this bad experience so that's a big one the other is uh they they just are uh, unhappy with the teachings Mm -hmm. like on marriage or uh um, sexuality or or different things of this because again it could go to not properly taught or don't understand the whole uh, uh teaching of the new testament yeah um Others have left church because they simply moved to a new community and can't find a, a church that they really like. Um, so there's, there's reasons out there, but do the reasons, are they valid enough or weighty enough to, to overrule the commandment where the Bible says, uh, do not forsake the assembling of to yourselves together? You know, as the, as, you know, it's clearly there. And the fact that Jesus put us into a community, it's the first thing the Bible says that is not good way back in Genesis. Is God said it is not good for man to be alone, and that that's true. As a child, we belong in a family, but as a Christian, uh, we belong in a church community, church family.
1: And and John, you should talk a little bit about the Trinity and the fact that you know that 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 that's that's the Godhead, three in one. Right. They're a community. Mm -hmm. They're all different. They're, They're all God. They're all different, and they all have a different role, but they make. The Godhead strong in what it is today, right? So you have the 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 uh, the Son, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit—all different functions and roles, right? You know, and so that th- that's really what we're doing here on Earth. And the strength of the Trinity is what you can start to see. You can see, you know, shades of that with a community in a church when you get together, because you need everybody to be stronger. It's just like a strand of rope. Yeah, right. You know, a one is okay; it's weak. Two is better. And then when you get married or you get the community and the Holy Spirit involved, three strands are even hard to break. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, And and again,
0: to see that, uh, realizing that there's no perfect church, this is a very important point. I mean, churches, because they're so multifaceted, you're going to have, they'll be strong in this area, maybe not that strong in another area. But you don't leave your family because it's not a perfect family. Right. You know, you're, you're part of it. and You go through life together. And hopefully you strengthen one another where somebody's weak, you can be strong. But the church needs you as much as you need the church. We come to church, we bring a blessing, we receive a blessing. And when you see the power of a church, when you give given a, a given church like tomorrow morning when they meet, and you're yeah. thinking, okay, not only do you have all these adults are grow, you know, coming together to worship, to celebrate the Lord's Supper, to hear the Word of God, but children are down in children's mm-hmm. church, and they're, they're receiving Scripture, and they're, they're understanding... Uh, how to pray and they and they're memorizing these christian songs and hymns i mean my eight-year-old granddaughter knows more at age eight about the bible than i did at <laughs> age 18 you know that should well that's, that that's probably right. be true for me too then. That. Yeah, <laughs> right. Je, because yeah. jesus yeah. says you shall know the truth the truth shall set you free yeah um, it, it also says that all scripture is given by inspiration of god it is profitable for doctrine uh, for teaching, instruction, and in righteousness, that the man or the woman of God might be perfect. In other words, thoroughly furnished, mature mm-hmm. unto all yeah. good works. But it requires that systematic application of the Word of God in one's yes. life. And then then think about a church community. Mm-hmm. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice, grieve with those who grieve. Yeah. So when you're going through a difficult situation, a loss of a loved one, you know, I think of my mm-hmm. own brother who passed away, went yeah. to be with the Lord three yeah. years ago. But the whole church community was there. His memorial service, the, his life story went out, and all his old friends that he grew up with, you know, when we grew up on the east side and all came and they heard it. A lot of them he didn't see, know mm-hmm. for 50 years, but they heard it and it was celebratory. But that's where my daughters got married. That's where you, you grieve when people and you rejoice. You can't, people yeah. are alone today. This is a big problem. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest problems in modern culture is loneliness. Which causes, Even though yeah, we've depression. never been more connected yeah. right. by, uh, by high tech yeah. instruments yeah. like uh, uh-huh. social media and iPhones. and I, But they say that loneliness is a big... Well, church offers a perfect yes. solution to that. To be involved and to go through the year together. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas yeah. season and mm-hmm. go down to the lake when we have the baptisms and, you know, just I'm so big on this because, of course, I'm involved in missions, and our whole mission of our mission organization is reaching people, particularly in the Mm -hmm. unreached people groups, and planting churches. Yes. Planting churches. Yes. And that's run by a national. And that it's ultimately supported by the national, so it's not dependent Mm -hmm. on foreign funds. And then it has a vision to multiply.
1: Yeah. End of game. You know,
0: Jesus says, you know, that's obedience when we do what God has called us to do.
1: You know, and again, you know, the tie-in for me with all this, when I really started to click in, is the fact that God has never been alone in eternity. Oh. He's got the Holy Spirit. He has his son. If, if he's not alone, we, we always model that. And then as you said, you know, he made us model the family and the Bible says, you know, we're going to create them in our own image we need to be around people and i was a guy that just did my own thing had my own company i didn't really rely on many people i started young at 15 doing it and i just didn't really care about other people i don't know how else to say it i was focused on my tasks and moving forward Mm. now i can tell you again and we've said this in many shows when you are walking in your faith and you are part of a community and you are helping create disciples you can't believe how many things that you work so hard on get improved things that happen in your life that you there's no way you could have figured it out or done it on your own and I got to tell you you see these paths go straight when you had no idea which fork in the road to turn down Mm -hmm. and that's the beauty of prayer that's the beauty of being in a community and the grace of God with the Holy Spirit coming into your life if you follow the command to you know be in a community and help create disciples you, you can't believe the gifts that you're given in return.
0: Yeah, it's it's a definitely a definitely. Yeah, you should
1: speak to some of them. You've seen so many in missionary.
0: Well, yeah, I mean reasons to belong to a church. First and foremost, praise and worship our heavenly Father. You know that's that's what we're called to do. But we are we, in church. We are taught and we are prepared for the ministry. God like now you're prepared and you're working with mm-hmm. leading a men's uh, fellowship, a men's group, which is very powerful. You pray for those that are in need. There's people yeah. that come to church that need help, that need visitation. They might be in a hospital. They might be in prison. They might be in a situation mm-hmm. where they need somebody to reach out and go to them. For fellowship, we need each other. Yeah. You know, When we have coffee and after a, a church service or something or you have a get-together, that's powerful. There's a lot of connecting yeah. going on there. A lot of times people build friendships that last a lifetime. They get a job interview, the contact mm-hmm. or somebody yeah. says, hey, I can help you because of this and that. Uh, it shows your commitment to Christ mm-hmm. we are more and more moving into a society that's real has real low commitment level that's why we have no fault divorce in out no problem don't get married just live together we are a real low commitment keep all my options open uh, I don't I, I'll see if I like it maybe I won't like it so we're not all sold, you know. Like I say, uh, I'm all in. Right. We, we put a lot yeah. of emphasis on the individual. Right. You deserve a break today. An army of one. I'm reading <laughs> Self magazine. You know, it's all about me. You know? it's, That's true. You know, it's not all yeah. about me. Right. You know, uh, the other thing is. It, the Bible commands it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20 do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Mm-hmm. Um, you do it because you love Jesus and he loves the church. It's just what it says. Jesus loved the church and he gave himself for it. it it's also a place we can be filled with the Holy Spirit because when you come together to worship, people pray for you, pray with you, uh, you, yeah. you are filling your tank, so to speak. You're, you, it's a filling, you know, you, you really can come out of there filled in a sense and, and prepared for the week ahead of you or, you know. Uh, the other thing is you learn how to love and be patient with people. Yes. One thing, people don't like, not, not just confrontation. We don't want to be irritated even in a little. Well, that's how you grow. Yeah. That, that's why, really, if you look at the military and sports teams, that's where you get people of all different backgrounds, ethnicities, races, come together yeah. and they learn to get along because they have a higher goal. You know they, they and yeah. it's not always you know, some might be real introverted might be extroverted this guy's like that he said yeah but like just when I was in the military they, they bonded us together we came from all different backgrounds you see but you were you had to be together because you might be going into combat you see so there, there was that idea once we as Christians see the higher goal mm-hmm. to advance God's kingdom yes. to bring glory to Christ, yeah, we can step on each other's toes and maybe this guy offended me a little bit, but that's part of the growth process.
1: Yeah, and you know, Hebrews thirteen seven says, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's very hard to do when you're sitting at home watching TV exactly. or an internet evangelist. Right. And you know, the, 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 the real key again is when you're, th- this was hard for me. You know, for me to do what I'm doing now was a huge challenge, but anybody can do it. Yeah. I'm not special. I'm actually the opposite of special. You know, I'm unspecial. So, you know, but what the Holy Spirit will do, it can transform you. And the other thing that you'll see to give you the impetus to want to do it more is you'll see the gifts coming through with the Holy Spirit in other people's lives. That's important. He gives you you the breadcrumbs on the trail while you're going forward, John, Yeah. as you have seen in your own life and what you've shared with me. And that's the beauty of it, and that's how it starts to move. You know, um, I had guys texting us here on the radio show today that I've cared for for a long time, and I'm so blessed to see the Lord working in their life, it's powerful.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, David. Yeah, uh, David, I well, I'm getting ready on this one. Would you get the about the notice of the event coming? Absolutely. Yeah, you let me, know, let me you, pull that up. You bring up a very good point about getting along with each other and learn how to people of different backgrounds, different age yeah. groups, different uh, mm-hmm. all kinds of different people come to the church community. Well, even the world wants this. You think of the TV program Cheers. Remember yeah. the opening song? <laughs> it's a place that you go to. Yeah. Why? Because everybody knows everybody your name. Knows yeah. your name. Yep. Okay? We're not called to be an isolated. We want, well, the church should be the place mm-hmm. where everybody knows your name. Uh, think, think of a, Simon and Garfunkel's famous song, I Am a Rock, yeah. I Am an Island. Yes. And an island feels no pain. <laughs> right. We don't want to yeah. be... Confront him. We don't want to grow. We don't want to, people to, you know. So we avoid and we 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 silo. We would mm-hmm. just get into our own little shell. Yeah. Even, literally, just staying in my house mm-hmm. or my apartment yes. and not being part of a church community. Bottom line is the benefits of belonging to a church. Big church, little church. That's not my mm-hmm. committed community of Christians that meet together on a regular basis, upward to worship, to pray yeah. inward to disciple, to share in our sanctification, to meet each other's needs, to grieve with those that grieve and and celebrate with those that celebrate. And they'd be prepared to then go out to the world and to share that love, even through our words, sharing the gospel, discipling, witnessing, or through works of mercy and just being a person. And so that's that's the end game. You know, it's got a big purpose, but it's nice to say my limited time on this life, I try to do God's will. And we know without a doubt, this is God's will that you be part of a church. I tell the story often. I teach a lot of different Bible studies in different venues mm-hmm. over the years, but I, I was always pounding this drum about this Bible study is you know not a church. It's just a great thing, you know, especially to get new believers in and stuff like that. It's very user friendly, you know. And this I, I, this fellow came up to me and I said I always was telling him, his name was also John. I said, John, yeah. you got to belong to a church, be committed to a church body and a community. And he says, I am part of a church. I says, where's your church? He says, this is my church, the Monday Night Bible Study Group. I says, well, if this is your church, who's your pastor? He says, you are. Mm-hmm. I says, well, your pastor's telling you to go join a church. <laughs> Do it. Okay, David, tell so, us a little bit Well, about- I,
1: Yeah, hold on. I just wanted to, to say before I give the announcement, you know, there's a book out uh, that I read a while back, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. And, you know, and it talks about the mouse, how scared he was because he had a certain amount of cheese in this one room, uh-huh. and he was in this maze, and he couldn't figure out how to get out, and he was fearful that if he left that room, he could possibly starve. And so that's kind of the way I was. I just would stay in my room. I was comfortable there. It's uncomfortable to go out into a maze when you don't know where the paths are to get out or what is out there. But then at the end of the book, you see he runs into this incredible room, this huge room with countless shelves of cheese and he took the risk he moved forward it's gonna be uncomfortable to go to church especially if you're not yeah it's gonna be uncomfortable to blend in to start to mix in with members but the value you get out of that with the Holy Spirit blessing your move it's incredible and, and that's all I'll say but you, but you it's not gonna be pleasant at first it's gonna be uncomfortable so tonight uh, the revival for survival event is this evening at Crusher Stadium. It starts at 5 p.m. and ends at 10. This event will be an uh, inspiration to many as it will seek to minister to families and family members battling all kinds of addictions. It's free entrance and free parking, so you just have to show up. Governor DeWine will be there. Nico Hill, they have bands. Uh, They have a bunch of talent showing up too. There's different Christian artists. Um, I think there's even gonna be uh, some daredevil motorcycle acts early on. So it's really loaded for those five hours. And I know you and I are going to, uh, and Mark, are going to make an attempt to get there as soon as we can. So um, that's all I got on that.
0: Yeah, great event, and it's right out here. You'll see, actually, the stadium from uh, yeah, I-90. Yeah, right. Uh, and everything's free, you know, parking, entry, everything I know that is free.
1: And it's also a mem- memorial for Michael George. Right. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. So, so
0: that's the start of this Labor Day weekend. You know, I... Uh, you know, you think of Labor Day, and uh, <laughs> you can't help but think of the Scripture. I always think of the Scripture where Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yeah. And, and and so many people today, they're laboring. They're, they're doing what they can do to be happy, or they, how can I be right with God, and all of this, and not realizing it's not worth not The Bible clearly says... We are saved by grace through faith, not of our own works, yeah. and it's not our labor, so to speak. Hey. Now, after we come to Christ, we should be doing good works. But it, maybe somebody's listening today, and they're not aware of this. But as you study the Scripture, uh, I would strongly encourage you to be to just stop into a church in your community. Many good churches in Northeast Ohio. Many, many really good churches, you know. And um, just like you tune into this radio program, and we share the Word of God, and you hear praise hymns and songs. But this is, this is an offer God has given to us. It's like he's given us a, a, a great treasure, and it's a gift. And he wants each one of us to receive that gift. So if you've not thought about this, give some serious thought. And if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, and for some reason you're not in church, I would strongly uh, implore you to reconsider uh, the benefits, not just to yourself, but to your family, to your children, to grandchildren, that relatives that may be watching your life yeah. to see, well, He's a Christian and he doesn't go to church, you know, in this kind of a thing, but it's it's the benefits. It's just so much outweigh excuses for not being part of an active. Absolutely,
1: you just John. The only way to get it through to people is they have to take the steps themselves. They're not going to see it just by hearing what we have to say. They have to live it and go through it. You know, um, one of the things we were doing. Uh, Marilyn and I when we started to look for a church I would always come up with complaints because I was from a Roman Catholic I don't really like this pastor I don't like this and you always said to me John you know uh, you can't focus on that you're not going to find the perfect church because God has ordained the church a fellowship of the flawed
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's no way to find the perfect church you just gotta go to a place that makes you feel comfortable and and you're somewhat at ease and, and that's the best way to do it you're not going to find the perfect exactly
0: right. here's the thing Noah's Ark at the time was probably hot, noisy. I don't know what it smelled like. But, you know, everybody went on that ark, I got off that what ark. Okay? Like, yeah. So, <laughs> my kid, church is a safe place to be. It's it's a command by God to be there. Yeah. Um, many people, the same reason they don't accept Christ is because they look for reasons not to believe. Right. The same yeah. thing with church attendance. They look for reasons not to believe. Yes. But look for reasons to believe. And you'll right. find them clearly in the scripture. Yep. Thank you again, Mark. Uh, for engineering this morning. Thanks, Thank you Mark. for David and everybody great tuning in. Thanks, Thank everybody.
1: Have a great weekend. Holiday weekend. Labor, Labor day. day weekend. Wow. yeah.
0: And if you're free, come to Crusher Stadium tonight, starting at 5 o'clock. Okay, God bless you all.